This is the Horse Radio Network. Hi, this is episode three of Equine Clicker 101 podcast on the Horse Radio Network. What the heck is targeting? Equine Clicker 101 is a podcast that takes you to class to learn and practice clicker training for your horse. Please support our sponsors as they make this show possible. They are Jeffers Equine and Winnie's Cookies. Welcome back, everybody. This is Shauna Karish. On this episode, I'm going to teach you about targeting. What is targeting? Why do we do targeting? And then get on to how you're going to actually start to do this with your horse. And now a word from Jeffers Equine. Located in Dothan, Alabama, Jeffers was founded in 1975 by Dr. Keith Jeffers in order to provide local livestock owners with a reliable and more cost-efficient source for their supplies. Fast forward 40 plus years and today, Jeffers has become a trusted source for equine, pet, and livestock supplies all across the United States, but they've not lost sight of the personal service that got them started all those years ago. You can still visit the Jeffers store in Dothan, or you can shop online at jefferspet.com, where you will find an astounding array of products for your equine habit, from quality tack, English and Western, to the supplies and healthcare products that you have come to depend on, as well as new and innovative lines to help your horse be his or her best. Visit them today at jefferspet.com. Welcome to class, everybody. It's time for the lecture portion of our show. So as I mentioned already, we're going to be talking about targeting. Now, targeting is going to be a foreign concept if you are not aware of positive reinforcement training or marine mammal training or zoo-type training. And, and for those of you that are familiar, you already know what targeting is. But we're going to t- talk about how to do it and some of the, the uses for it and how to get it right. So targeting is an amazing tool. So, okay, so a physical description first. Um it, is, it can be anything you want, frankly. I tend to use a marine fishing net float on a stick. I've gotten advanced and all fancy now, and I have ones that are on telescoping targets. That, that, so they're telescoping with a clicker attached. So it makes it nice because you can make it short and you can make it long. But it is you can make it out of anything, to be honest. So if you're interested in, in looking at, cl- at targets and what they're about, you can go to my website. You can go to shawnacarish.com and you can look at the products and you can get a good picture of one there. But like I said, you can make it out of anything you like. You just I tend to put it on a handheld stick. So it makes it something that can kind of work is an extension of my arm. And the only other thing I would I would instruct you to think about or consider when making your target is you want to make it something that they can see easily and is distinct than the rest of their environment. So if it if it's something they see all the time, sometimes they can be targeting on all kinds of things all the time. So if it's something distinct, it really helps. The other consideration is color. Did you know that horses are di- have diochromatic vision? This means they don't really see reds and greens. So they do see very well um, blues and like bright yellows. So this is what I pick is bright yellow and bright blue. If these are, uh, those are the colors I tend to go to because they really stand out. You know, on the Terra Nova, um, 
on the Terra Nova Facebook page, we took a picture of like rainbow cones and they were just all in a row. And it's funny because all the colors in between the yellow and the blue look like dirt. So they're all like camouflage colors. And I'm talking the bright orange that we can see so easily. It's totally camouflage color. So it's really weird. So that's another thing you might want to consider. So white works very well because they can see white very easily, but so does bright yellow and so does a brighter blue. So those are just things to keep in mind. Now, we also, I tend to have two types of targets. I tend to have a stationary target, which is something that I can mount on a I can mount it in a horse trailer. I can mount it on a fence. I can mount it uh, in a stall. I can mount it in a a grooming area or by a wash rack. So there's lots of places you can mount that where it kind of stays. And you can put it on bars or on on the wall or whatever it might be. So there's a stationary target. But a lot of times what I'm talking about is a handheld target. So the handheld target is actually quite mobile. You know, you can take it with you anywhere you go. You can move around. And it really does work as an extension of your hand. And there's another way you can also do a stationary target is put the handheld target in a cone. (laughs) So then you can move that around and that can be also an important tool. And one other thing that I'm going to tell you about is, and we're not really going to discuss this too much today, but a lot of times, like with the marine mammals, what we would teach them is our hand as a target. So I will teach the horses. I'll hold my hand out and ask them to come. And I use their name with it a lot. And they'll come and touch their nose to my target, to my hand. But um, a lot of times with the marine mammals, we would touch like, a tail or a pectoral flipper or, a, you know, a body part. So they learn to target body parts to your hand as well. But for today's portion, we're going to focus on the um, handheld target. That's what we're going to use in the teaching portion. But let me tell you, why do we use these targets? What what would be the difference? Why, why go, why bother? So one of the things that I think of, okay, back to the marine mammals for a second. With the marine mammals, we had no halters and lead ropes. What, how are you going to get them to do anything? You know, they get all their food each and every day. They don't really need our food. So it was up to us to kind of be creative and figure out a way to make it clear what we like and what we're looking for. So this is really actually a very important component. And so that was very important with the marine mammals. But what I find with the horses, I think of it like this. It kind of is my new halter and lead rope. You know, if we want a a horse to do something, we tend to use the halter and lead rope to give them direction. Well, in this instance, I like to use the the target and this can give them direction of what to do. and, And I can do it without the halter and the lead rope. Now, one of the things that to keep in mind is remembering that with positive reinforcement, it tends to activate a different part of the brain than pressure release training, also known as negative reinforcement. So pressure release training actually activates a part of the brain that is responsible for fight or flight. Positive reinforcement activates a part of the brain that has been referred to by neurobiologists as a seeking system. So in the, the fight or flight part of the brain, the chemicals are produced and neurotransmitters and, and hormones, you know, things that happen in that part of the brain. And it's things like, um, 
like cortisol and stress hormones because it's fight or flight. And that's a part that tends to get activated when we do the negative reinforcement or using pressure and release. So a halter release is all about pressured release. It is that's the kind of the point of it is or that's how it's taught, especially in the beginning is when the halter pulls, you learn to walk. Well, that is pressure and then release. They're working for the removal of that aversive. So it's all about that's what it is. It's all pressure release. So the halter can represent a whole different part of the training. Positive reinforcement in that part of the, the seeking system, we light up the part of the brain that is responsible for seeking things that they like and things that they want. In this part of the brain, we tend to have uh, dopamines and oxytocin and good things tend to happen in this part of the brain. So the emotions, the resulting motions from learning in these different parts of the brain actually could be very different. So going to the target for training and giving them complete choice is actually quite powerful in changing their emotional state. So it's great if you have a horse who's worried or has a problem about something by saying, hey, it's up to you. Do you want to come in the trailer or do you not want to? And at first they may go, oh no, I do not want to. But with positive reinforcement, we have the tools that we can teach them how to like the trailer or want to go into the trailer or hold for the vet or to, or whatever it might be. So I find the target is an amazing tool for this. And it really is there to help give the horses a clue about what to do. It is not something we want to come become dependent on I mean, if we're teaching stationary targeting, yeah, okay, the target's always going to be there because it's stationary targeting. You know, that's in the name of the behavior. But basically, when I'm using a target, I'm thinking I want to give them a clue of what I'm looking for. So there's something worth clicking and something worth feeding. But but eventually, I, I also think very quickly about how to fade the target. So I think that this is an important tool. And I think we'll talk more about that next week. But but for now, we're going to teach how to teach the target. And, and keep in mind, bear in mind, this isn't going to be a crutch that we need forever. This is a way to give clarity to the training and to create, you know, the right the, the right behaviors, the things that we're looking for, and to give the horse choice. And I cannot I cannot tell you how important that is. As you start to see your re relationship develop with your horse, utilizing positive reinforcement, you're going to see changes in your horse that you did not anticipate. And it's because things are starting to change in their brains. They're starting to have, you know, more dopamine coursing through their veins, you know, and so things change. It just really, really starts to change. And that's really the biggest beauty of it. I don't look at the training as necessarily a means to an end, although that is a way we can do it. It is the the change in the relationship and the increase in confidence and the increase in heart and the, you know, the try. It, it's just amazing. So anyway, so we are going to teach you about the target, but the target has loads of, of, loads and loads and loads of uses, teaching horses to lead, teaching horses to lower their head, teaching horses to raise their head, teaching horses to go into the trailer, teaching horses to calmly walk. I, I use targets to teach upward transitions and downward transitions and to, to uh, uh, an anxious horse to calmly be in a good mindset. So there's gobs and gobs and uses, but we're going to uh, instead of going all into that, because as we move on in the training, I'm going to keep saying I would use a target, get your target, use the target. So it's going to be a really central part of the, the training and an excellent tool for helping to bring clarity. So we're just going to talk about 
how to train the target. You're just going to have to trust me on the rest. We're going to use it a lot and you're going to be happy you did. And that, and I'm also going to tell you, your horse is going to like the, tra- the, the part that is the part of uh, teaching the target and doing the target and learning this lesson. And you know what? Even if I think I'm not going to use the target, you know, let's say somebody says, I have a problem with flying lead changes or something. And I may not think I'm necessarily going to use a target in that process, but I will still teach the target because I find it's an excellent way to get the horse engaged in the game and loving in the game and thinking, oh, this is the greatest thing ever. I love this. It gives them freedom. It starts to teach them how to be problem solvers. And that's what we really want. We, when it goes into advanced training and we go into things and we're saying we want this more complex, whatever it is, or this more challenging, whatever it is. If we have a horse who already thinks, I love this training. I love it. And there's an answer in here somewhere. Now they're here with us. They're going, hmm, what could the answer be? And they're little brain is thinking and trying things and and working with us it really becomes a partnership and that part's really important so sometimes just working on the target first really helps them to get the uh to take the the steps to the to the next step so the clicker should be trained separately but by now you should have the clicker trained now we're going to take that clicker training we're going to up the ante a little bit by teaching them to touch their nose to the ball end of our targets so I think that's good. We're going to uh, get started in a little bit. So there's a couple things I want you to be prepared for with your horses that, that can happen when you take a target into your horses. So it'll be better if you're prepared for this. And what does it look like? What might it look like? So horses tend to go one of two ways. The one, they can be, um, well, they can go a lot of ways. Let's just put that out there. But, but one of the things that can happen is they can be fearful of the target because seeing something in your hand, especially if it's a telescoping target, you can make it short or long. So I would start with it short because then it's not a stick in your hands. But there have been horses that have been around whips or sticks. And so something in your hand can also be quite fearful. So sometimes their first inclination is, oh my gosh, it's going to kill me. So what we want to do, if you find your horse looks extraordinarily kind of worried, standoffish, um, even sometimes it just, they'll just walk away. If you, they gives you any of those, I'm going to say, this is probably all fear based. So what I would do is I recommend you either just hold it down to your side and hold it slightly up, but move it very slowly. But for some horses, this is still too much. And as long as you feel safe with your horse, a lot of times what I'll do is I will kneel down to the ground and let the target kind of be on the ground. So it looks like it's more resting than I'm holding it. I hold it still so it doesn't move around because that could terrify him right there. But I will, I will hold it. I, I'll kneel down if I feel like I'm comfortable with my horse that he's he's going to be okay with that. And I'll kneel down and let it be on the ground and let him explore it. The other thing I do, instead of letting him actually touch it the first couple times, because sometimes they'll be really trying hard and we get something called trigger stacking happening. And it's like when you're watching a scary movie and the phone rings and you just jump a mile. You can, the phone can ring all day long and you don't care, but you're watching that movie and you are like, don't do it. Don't, you know, don't get in the car or whatever, you know, thing it is. And so that can happen for them where they're like, oh my gosh, what is it? I'm trying so hard to do this. And then they touch it and you click and they just jump a mile. 
So I like to click earlier. So as their eyes are looking towards it and they're looking towards it and going towards it. So you can break it down into these teeny tiniest steps, which helps. And then you reinforce each of those clicks. And this, it really builds up their confidence and learning that this is a good thing and this is okay. And pretty soon it's going to be their favorite thing in the world. The other thing some horses might do is they might bite at it. Um, and if that's the case, I just hold it up a little bit so it's above their nose, usually biting at it doesn't happen in the very first session very much. So I just look for the times when it's a little less bitey and a little quieter. But in the beginning, just touching it at all, I'm going to say, yep, touch it. Yep, touch it. Even if it's an accident, I take it. I don't care. And so you want to just build up that association with it. So I really wanted to warn the ones that you have a horse who is afraid of the target. So there you go. Okay. Now we're going to end. Um, with turning off your podcast. So I want you to turn it off. We're going to turn it back on when you are ready to start training. So when you're in the barn, you're next to your horse, you're in a safe, good place, then we're going to turn it back on and we'll continue through the next portion. Okay, well, let's get ready to go. So get your target, whatever it is in your hand. If it is a telescoping target, I'd make it shorter. Um, even sometimes you can choke up on the target. So hold a little higher up the stick. But let's go in and see how your horse does. Remember to not move your target too fast in the beginning because that can just be startling as they're trying to figure it out. So let's go in. Okay, so we're going to open your door and or open your gate, whatever it is, and get in there next to your horse. First thing I want you to do that I'm going to do too is I want to remind my horse our basic lesson. I'm going to stand beside him and remind him about turning his head away. So I'm going to position myself right next to his shoulder. Very good. And there we go. Okay, so he naturally assumed his position. He said, I know what to do now. I know what to do with this. I keep my head to myself. And so that's great. And I want to kind of keep making sure that feels like a calm thing. So it's a way that I can reinforce him for less is more. So this isn't a big activity. Let's just keep it calm. So, okay, I'm going to click that one and feed him. And then I'm going to repeat. He's still good. He's still in a great place. So I'm just clicking and feeding again. And then he's going to wait just just a little bit more now. Because, I mean, he's now he knows it and we've had some repetition. We've done our homework. Okay, good. Click and reinforce again. So that was great. I'm looking for him to kind of continue on his way. I'm going to tell you in between there, he kind of looked to me for a minute like he wasn't, not for a minute, that's a long time. But for a moment, he looked at me to kind of check in, but then he remembered what to do and put his head back to himself. So I really appreciate that. Okay, so that is great. Now I want to change it up a little bit. So what I'm going to do, instead of standing shoulder to shoulder, I want to give him a different um, context. So I'm, I'm facing him. So right now I turned and now I am facing him so that hopefully he looks at me a little bit differently and it doesn't, he thinks, wait, this is something's different about this. Okay, so now I'm holding the target out, but kind of low and kind of still. 
Okay, my guys just sort of click. I clicked him because he is looking for it, but he is um he's I clicked him because he's looking towards it. So I didn't even he doesn't seem afraid of it from what I can tell, but I, I wanted to let him know he's on the right track. So I just click him as he's looking towards it. And then that's great. And he's chewing. Okay. And now what I'm going to do, and, and this is, I, this is just something I noticed that I do that I think I should share with you. When I present the target, I actually present it. So when I, once I click and feed, I put it down by my side. So it's out of the picture for a second. And then when I'm ready for the target again, I hold it up and say target. And I kind of give it a little slow light bounce but it's kind of presented so that it's kind of like this thing just came to life in a way so that I can help them to distinguish that so I realize I do that so I'm sharing that with you okay so I'm gonna say target again and so now I've held it out and my guy is going up and down the stick this time so he's kind of smelling my hand more than he is a target. So I'm just, I'm just going to wait it out. Okay, good. And now he's sniffed back to click. Good. Perfect. He clicked back. He, he sniffed back towards the target end of it. And that's perfect. So that's, that's what I want him to do. So I drop the target again while I'm feeding. I'm going to give him a couple handfuls because I want to make this significant. So he's done chewing. and Okay, so he's done chewing. And what he did is he turned his head away again, even though I'm still facing him, which is really cute because he's doing what I've taught him to do. But I'm going to present the target again so that kind of distracts him almost. So I present target. Okay, now he's just kind of sniffing me, kind of looking around. He's kind of... He's actually kind of rocking back on, like he doesn't know what to do. He's looking this side and looking that side. And okay. And now he just grazed it. He didn't even know he did it, but I clicked it and I'm feeding it anyway. And he didn't, it, this is, this happens a lot. It was an accident. Because it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter why he touched it. He'll put together that, oh, even if I bump it a little bit. So that was good. And so I fed it and I put my target back down and I'm giving him a chance to chew. And then I'm going to present it again. Okay. And he's kind of, he's kind of lost his way a little bit. He's sniffing around. He's kind of going back and forth. He's looking for something. Okay. What I'm going to do, I think he's, he kind of encroached up a little bit. So now he's kind of ends up getting the target under his head where he can't really see very well anyway. So I'm going to take a step at like a couple feet to my right. So that now I can present the target and it's ahead of him again. So maybe he can see it because it's pre presented towards him. And I'm going to do something I think that might help him a little bit. So as I take my few steps to get ahead of him, I'm going to try to see if I can't put the target where the target's closer than I am. So it's easier to touch the target than it is to me. 
So, okay, I'm ready. I'm going to step up a bit and I'm going to give it a whirl. Good. And that, okay, I clicked and fed him because that actually helped him quite a bit. So he got that right this time. So that's a mental note for me. If he gets a little too close, maybe stepping off to the side or stepping up will help him to see it again until he learns to look for it. Okay, so I'm feeding him a few good handfuls. And I'm going to step in the other direction this time. Okay, so I'm walking over to the left now and present and I say target. Okay, good. And I click again. And so this time, so this seems to help my guy. So that kind of helps him to sort it out a little bit. And, and remember that part of this, making the mistakes, going up and down the stick, looking around, that's all part of them figuring out what's right and what's wrong. So don't worry about it. I'm still feeding my guy because I want this to be fastly reinforcing. But anyway, so I, this is all part of the learning process. It doesn't matter. Sometimes they learn that didn't work, that didn't work, that didn't work. I try to minimize the errors because I want them to not have a lot of frustration. I want to figure out how can I help you get this right. But sometimes in the wrong answers, they get a chance to think, well, that one didn't get it, that one didn't get it. So don't sweat it too much as long as your horse doesn't get too frustrated. Okay. So now I'm going to walk to the back of the stall and try again. So I'm kind of using the walking thing with my guy this time. So I'm going to walk and I'm going to say target. Good. So I clicked again and I fed again. So that's really nice. And then I'm going to go to the other corner. <laughs> okay, here we go. Walking over. Okay, target. Good. So I clicked and fed again and I'm feeding and that is really good. So now he's kind of, I've got it where he will follow me and can see the target ahead of him. But I want to kind of ask if he can do it again with the, well, with us just standing still. So I'm letting him chew right now, but I'm going to do another one just from standing still, but I'm going to hold it off to the side so that I'm hopefully it doesn't get under his chin again where he can't even really see it then he forgets it's there so if I hold it out a little bit my guy doesn't seem to be worried about the stick so this is a little bit of an advantage in my situation but I'm going to hold it out to the side and see if he can't look for it again okay I'm ready target so I presented it And he's kind of looking around a little. He's lost his way again just a little. But he's trying. And he's staying on the right. There we go. Cl click. I clicked and fed that. So he is. He got it that time. So you could see him kind of sort that out a little bit. And get on the right track. And so you know what? I'm going to end it there with him this time. So I'm going to give him that jackpot or magnitude reinforcement in his bucket. And so I'm giving him a couple handfuls. And then I'm also going to give him a couple Winnie's cookies because that was really the high value reinforcement. I want him to remember that one. So I'm going to repeat that. But, but for right now, I want to end that session because that's perfect. I, I like the little 
three to five minute sessions. I think they're they're ginormous for learning and getting, especially when it's new stuff that's so challenging. So that's great. So I'm giving gave him his jackpot. I'm going to step out of his stall. And I think that's good. So that's perfect. So if you're in a good place to stop, if you've had a couple there, a couple good ones there, and, and even if not, sometimes it helps to get out and regroup. So if you're ready, go ahead and turn off your podcast. And then we're going to turn it back on when you put your horse away and we're ready to review what we just practiced. Good job, you guys. Before we get to this week's homework assignment, how about a word about the treats we use and from Winnie's Cookies? Winnie's Cookies are a great tasting treat that's actually good for your horse. Winnie's Cookies starts with 100% certified organic, non-GMO whole food ingredients. You know, the good stuff like barley, millet, flaxseed, and alfalfa seed. Then they're baked fresh and sent right to your door because they don't contain any preservatives, so they're not available from stores. You can feel good about feeding Winnie's cookies as a reward for a job well done, as a tasty yet nutritious way to make medication more palatable, or just because your horse is special. Go to winniescookies.com to place your orders. That's W-I-N-N-I-E-S cookies.com for your order. Freshly baked, 100% organic, non-GMO Winnie's cookies. Pure, simple, and as natural as the horse you're feeding them to. Okie dokie. So I hope that that went good for you and you've got some ideas about what it it looks like and, and some things that may might help you to get it clear. But don't forget, experiment. Do If anything you figure out works and helps your horse, that's okay. So you can try a little, some things. People get a little bit of analysis paralysis where they're like, I'm going to wreck it. But if, but if, if, but if something helps more than another, if your horse is having a harder time, you know, think about what might work for your horse. One of the things that I've used with some horses is I've actually stood outside of their fence or their, their stall. So, or their paddock, you know, and had it where the target is the only thing they could reach. So it kind of minimized their options. So if they're a little bit too obsessed with you and checking you out, then that's another thing you might be able to do. Just hold that target up towards their fence or towards their uh, their paddock. And so it's the only thing they can touch. But but pretty soon then you got to get back in and get them where they can sort out what to do between you and it. And remember, presenting the target and then dropping it after you feed is really important because it helps it to be... If it's just been there the whole time, just kind of not doing anything, we can kind of desensitize it. But if we present it again... It kind of puts it back to life. You know, we say this is now significant for this moment. So a lot of times that helps them to focus on it. And if the leading and walking might help, then then utilize that as well. So what I want you to do is I want you to practice this part. As we like to say, shampoo, rinse, and repeat. So I practice this part and do the target till he could touch the target you can move the target a little bit more at a regular pace. If your horse feels comfortable with it, then just move the target without being quite so gingerly. I want you to then hold it maybe a foot lower than you normally do and see if he can't seek it out. And then maybe a foot higher than you normally do. But a little caution here is that when it gets to about their eyes, it, it can kind of make them wary. So move very slowly and don't go up too fast too soon. So if your horse is a pony, 
maybe don't go up a whole foot. If your horse is at 17 hands, a foot will probably be okay. But anyway, and try it from side to side and and then walking with the target. That's a great thing to do. And I'm going to give you a little bit of a, um, as you get solid with those pieces, you just kind of give it a little bit more. Try it in different places. Maybe you start it in the stall and you go practice it in the paddock. Maybe you start it in the paddock and you go practice it in the barn. Or you go practice it in a different area or the arena or whatever it is. So that it kind of helps them to get solid and thinking, I love this target. The target is a great great thing. And there's a thing that um, can really help is when eventually sometimes I want them to follow the target. So if touching the target, so when they're, they're really consistent and doing well with it, ask them to follow the target, but click as they're following the target. Or sometimes after they're got, you feel like they're pretty solid with the target, click as they're going towards the target, even if it isn't moving. So the point of this is, if they feel like they always have to touch the target, and then we start moving the target, it can be like somebody holding out a plate of cookies, but they keep moving the cookies and you can never get one. At some point you're frustrated because I just want the cookies. But if they move the plate of cookies and then they toss you a cookie, you're like, okay, well, good enough. I'm okay with that. So by kind of clicking as they're following the target, you're also teaching them it's okay just to pursue the target. That's a really important skill to have. So don't get frustrated because you're not touching it. I hope that makes sense. But some horses really don't care about that at all. And some, it can be a little bit off-putting. So anyway, so there you go. There's some scenarios that I want you to work for and things I want you to try. And we will, we will get back next time. And we will, I think next time we're going to talk about being, maybe we'll talk about some more uses and exercises with the target, but then how to fade the target. Because fading the target is really an important part of of, of thinking about that and how we can create behavior and then fade the target, create behavior and then fade the target. So maybe we'll go there, but maybe we'll go to stationary targeting. I have yet to decide. So again, if you want more information, you want uh, to find out more about me or where I am or who I am, or if you want to look at targets or get a target or a side bucket or clickers or any of that business, um, or actually even listening to the podcast uh, or sending in Ask Shauna questions, you can do all of that by going to my website, which is shaunacarish.com. So you can go there. You also can go to terranova.com. And Terranova is where I'm based out of. You can listen on most of your favorite podcast players. You can also listen on Horse Radio Network app or on either your uh, Apple or your, your iPhone or your Android. And just search Horse Radio Network in the App Store. It's free. It's easy to use. And it, and it makes it really convenient. So be sure to visit all the great shows on Horse Radio Network because there's a slew of them. And that's at www.horseradionetwork.com. Okay, until next time, enjoy getting on target.